Fear is crippling. It keeps you up late at night, prevents progress, and stands directly in the way of the success you've been striving for. Let's take care of that. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 406, 7 Steps to Defy Your Fears and Guarantee a Breakthrough. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. I am not immune to fear. It hits me just as hard as anyone, and I have to work through my own fears in order to get to where I want to be. Emotionally, financially, socially, you name it. You and I both have some real work to do. You know, on this podcast in the last eight years, I've covered a wide variety of topics, everything from productivity to healthy habits, personal development, uh, lots of different tangents of topics that kind of weave in and out of those major themes. But one of the things that I have done every single week on this show is end the episode in a very specific way, which is that I say the exact same phrase every week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. That phrase means a lot to me. There's a lot to be said about why I chose that phrase years ago and why I've ended the show in just the exact same way for so long. And I think that those concepts speak very strongly to me. They say a lot about the way that I view the world, the way that I want to view myself and the work that I do. And the core concept around what that is is not early mornings. Yes, the fun begins bright and early. I I love the idea of waking up with intentionality, with purpose, and doing so at 5 a.m. or sometime around there. But this week, I want to focus on the first half of that statement. You have the power to change your life. I believe that. I believe you do have the power to change your life. I believe that all of us have the power to change each of our lives individually. And of course, we have the power to impact others and be impacted by others. A lot of what this show has stood for in many ways is kind of the American values of autonomy and self-determination and self-responsibility and this these very kind of core principles around if you want something, you can make it happen. And I believe it. I've lived that way for many years. That's not the only way to live. There's a lot more to life than just autonomy or kind of perseverance or discipline. But there is definitely a lot to be said about what it means to have the acknowledgement in your own brain, the belief in your head that you are in control of your own life, that you have the power to make change when you want that change to occur, or at least to begin the process to see those those steps through. And one of the ways that I, I have found in my own life where that is impacted in the most direct way is when it comes to fear. Fear is not a topic I discuss in this show very often. I might hint at it every now and then or tell a short story that kind of points to the idea that I was hesitating on something or distracted by something or avoiding something. But it really comes down to it. This show, because it has a really positive bent, I don't tend to go the direction of fear very often. But one of the underpinning foundational elements of goal achievements is this idea that you believe you can achieve the goal, that if this thing is going to happen, it's going to happen because you've already decided it's going to happen. 
You didn't say, I'm going to run a marathon and then seek to find every way to self-sabotage, unless that is your history. Most of us, when we choose a goal, we choose it because we believe in, in some fiber of our being that we can do it and that it's possible for us to get to where we want to be. But as with any great goal, any grand achievement you're, you're striving for, there will always be obstacles. But this week is not really about obstacles as much as it is about us. The thoughts that we have, the beliefs that we have, these ways of living and existing that ultimately place fear at a higher value than forward movement. That fear trumps action. That fear is the greatest obstacle between us and our goals or really between us and the greatest success we could possibly imagine for our lives. There's a strong argument to be made that fear is the biggest negative force in all of our lives that holds us back more than anything else that if we want to achieve anything in our lives, all we have to do is get past the fear and the world's open to us. Opportunities are everywhere. And I believe that's true. It may not be the only factor. It may not even be the greatest factor, but it's certainly one of the biggest. And in my life that has played out that way for a very long time. And so this week, we're going to discuss fear, not really from the perspective of what things are scary, because I think that you've got your own list, I have my own, but really from the perspective of what are we going to do about it? What happens when fear kind of runs the show? How do we respond to that? How is our daily life, how is it impacted by fear on the one hand, but on the other, the more practical side, the more productive side, which this podcast likes to go towards, and I do as well is that question of let's take the the acknowledgement that fear is there and let's go find a way through it, around it, over it, you know, along with it, whatever we have to do to get ourselves from point A to point B, but to do so through the lens that knowing that fear is real and it is a great and terrible deterrent to progress. So let's get to this, the seven steps to defy your fears and guarantee a breakthrough. Before we get to the seven steps, let me just clarify what this breakthrough element means. When I view fear, I view it as an obstacle, yes, but more so than that, I view it as the door to the success we want, that if we open that door, that on the other side our creative breakthroughs, our successes, our amazing achievements, and that all we simply have to do is open the door. And those breakthroughs are right there. So these seven steps are really just strategies, tactics, tools, ways of thinking that will help you open that door, that will help you get from where you are to a breakthrough, oftentimes in very short order. It does not take long to face a fear and see progress because you did the thing that needed to be done. There are some fears that may take a while to work through. There are some that may linger for many years, possibly your entire life. But if you know anything about courage, you know that courage is the action you take in the face of fear. It's knowing that the fear is there and may be there forever, but you take action anyway. And what I have always found to be true is that when I take the action anyway, the breakthroughs just keep coming. The successes are just right there. And maybe they're not the thing you actually expected. Maybe it's something totally new and the breakthrough is a surprise. But that's kind of the fun part too. 
it's one of the great things about facing things you're scared of is that you can then become someone new on the other side. You then have new skills, a new mindset, a new resume to you know, to brag about. That the breakthroughs that took place are ones that redefine you as a person, you as an employee, you as an entrepreneur, you as a husband, father, wife, brother, name your title. That when you finally choose to say, yes, I'm going to look fear in the face, man, those breakthroughs are just great. Really, really great. So let's get to this. Number one, face fear head on. This is it. This is the, of all the things I'm going to say, this is the thing. If you're scared of something, you cannot run. You cannot hide. You cannot distract. You cannot avoid. Facing that thing head on is the thing. Now, there's other ways to, to deal with fears, maybe. I don't really know of any that are that effective. Facing these things head on is the thing. Running straight for something, feeling it, embracing it, letting yourself just kind of revel in that initial negative emotion. That's the thing you're going to have to have to then figure out how to wiggle through it. It's kind of like a maze, right? You have to start. You have to get yourself lost in it to then figure out which turns to take to be able to find the exit. You know, if I really think back to the scariest moment in my entire life, I've had, you know, quite a few of these things, but the most physically visceral, just not life altering, I'll say, but one of the most intense moments of my entire life where fear gripped me at every cell in my body was the one and only time that I went skydiving. Now, the funny thing is, I don't really have a fear of heights. It wasn't the height that scared me. It wasn't looking down at the earth from probably 10,000 feet above. It was the act that the back of the plane opened up and I got to watch about six other guys just jump. These were solo divers. They were experts that they just flung their bodies out of the back of the airplane and just started falling. And when I went skydiving, this was seven years ago, those few moments watching these guys jump before me and then me having my kind of expert you know, strapped to my, my back and he was going to be my guide, he had to literally pick me up, physically be off the ground and carry me to the back of the plane and then throw me off because I wouldn't do it. My body froze. I, I was like a rock. Like I was not going anywhere and I had no mental capacity to make a, a decision at that point. I just froze. The fear gripped me in a way nothing else in my life ever has. I've given speeches to thousands of people. I've done big things that, you know, public speaking is a, is a major fear for a lot of people. You know, I've done things in my life that, you know, that scare me, uh, things that frighten me, but never to the degree that skydiving did. And the funny thing was, like most of these things, and this, the reason why I'm telling the story is that nearly instantly, as soon as we started falling towards the earth, my fear was gone, literally gone. It took me just jumping, well, jumping, took me being thrown out of the plane to realize, man, what was I so scared of? What was that fear? What was that entire full body just, I can't do this thing because I did it? Well, sort of. I mean, I was forced into it in that sense, but I chose to be there. Right? I paid the money. I got onto the plane voluntarily. I was there. I wanted to be there. I wanted that experience. And so when I got it, that was it. 
It was all of a sudden a great time, all of a sudden a brand new experience. But it took me having to experience, in this instance, the very visceral feeling of fear in a way that is is gripping, in a way that is impossible to ignore. But like anything else, as soon as you open that door and you walk through it, the rest is history. That's it. You're in. And the rewards, the benefits, the incredible potential, it all shows up because you took the action. You did the thing. You allowed yourself to walk in that moment just to see what was next. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. The second step to defy your fears is that you have to absolutely be mentally present to face your fear. Now, what does that mean? Mentally present. It means that you're alert. You're aware. You are in the moment. You are physically, mentally, emotionally, socially right there. The other way of saying that is you're not numb. A lot of people, when they have a fear that you're, they're trying desperately to avoid, they're trying to do anything in their life to not face that thing, is they find any and every way they possibly can to distract themselves, to avoid the confrontation, to figure out, you know, how do I wiggle myself out of this? And one of the most common ways to do that is to numb yourself. That could happen through any means necessary, drugs, alcohol, social media, television, movies, internet surfing, all of these things that provide a mental, physical distraction to say, I get to go somewhere else for a while, but I'm not going over there. Oh no, I will do whatever else I possibly can to avoid that feeling. Because often what we're scared of is something that is potentially rational, potentially it's a real thing, Right? There might, might be some pain associated, it might be some confrontation, some struggle. But oftentimes, as with the example of skydiving, those feelings are most often short-term and the immediate benefits, they kick right in. But instead of having that experience, we choose to run. We choose to hide. We choose to numb ourselves with every possible means necessary. 
And what I'm arguing here is that those things by themselves may be okay, right? It may be fine to have a glass of wine. It may be fine to watch a movie. It may be fine to look at Facebook for a while. Individually, in a short-term basis, any of these choices may be okay. But when these things become the norm, when they become habitual, and when they become a scapegoat to you avoiding the thing you know you have to do, that's the problem. That's the thing to avoid, the thing to watch out for, and the thing to figure out your way to wiggle around so you can actually get to the thing that matters. We all have our own ways of doing this. I have plenty myself, and many of them I'm trying to overcome all the time. And I wiggle back and forth and kind of you know up and down with these kinds of habitual numbing strategies or distractions, right? I'm not immune to this either. But the awareness of it is what's extraordinarily helpful to catch yourself in the moment and begin to change those behaviors. To catch yourself saying, oh, wait, I'm doing this thing again. Let's stop. Let's find a better way to handle this. Let's find a way to get back to the thing that I know is hard, but I know I'll feel better because of it. Step number three, create dedicated, guaranteed time to face your fear head on. If you know this podcast, you know that I love my F-bots, my focused blocks of time, and that's exactly what this is, but with a different bent. This is a focused block of time, and instead of saying, I'm going to you know, check these boxes on my to-do list, you might say, this next focus block of time, or this next early morning routine, is directly targeting the thing I've been avoiding. Now, one of the things I've discussed on this podcast also is Brian Tracy's book, Eat That Frog. Now, his book, the title of that book and the concept behind it is exactly what applies to what this is, which in Brian Tracy's world, eating that frog means doing the thing you don't want to do first thing in the morning, the thing you're scared of, the thing that's gross, the thing that's awful. And then when you do it, all of a sudden you are now having an easier day because the hardest thing was done first. Now, as a vegan, I'm not going to eat a frog in the morning, but that's the, the metaphor still stands that there are difficult things you might want to do, and if you can do them now, have a dedicated time to take care of it, to wake up and go, to face that thing immediately, well, then the rest of your day is going to be a breeze because the thing that mattered most got done. You have that success. You have that achievement. You have that sense of momentum that's already built, and then voila, you're off the races. Like That's all you need. And so for you and I both, we're going to need some dedicated, guaranteed time. We can't just passively walk ourselves into these moments. They have to be intentional and proactive. Now, that could mean leveraging accountability, but really what it means is acknowledging what's real and saying, I'm going to do something about it, and here it is on my calendar. Here it is in my task manager. Here it is on my post-it note. This is going to happen. When, where, how, with who, it's right there. The details are in place. It is prepared in advance. It is going to happen for sure. That level of certainty, that level of guaranteeing time for something, when it's actually executed upon, when it actually does happen, oh my gosh, that feels great. That is the best. Because then you've built the momentum, not just of addressing a fear, but the momentum behind the intentionality of addressing the fear and the systematic habitual nature of addressing fears, plural, over time. And then you have a lifestyle completely devoted to doing that. A lifestyle of saying, I'm going to do something every day that scares me. 
I'm going to do something today that matters. And I know what that thing is because it keeps bugging me. Because I can't sleep at night. Because I keep thinking about it. Because this thing in the back of my brain just keeps pinging me and saying, you didn't do that thing yet. Why not? Go do it. And if you have the dedicated time, well, then that voice is a lot quieter or gone. And that's when the real benefits kick in because your life is now built around the addressing of those things in a very head-on way. So if you can apply a direct practical strategy to any of this, dedicated guaranteed time, that's the thing. Step number four, talk about your fear with others. Whew, this is a tough one for me. Of all the things that I've discussed so far and things I will discuss going forward uh, this week, this is the one where I have to pause. This is one of my fears, actually, is sharing my life in a vulnerable way with others. Now, you may argue, well, Jeff, you're a podcaster. You share your life with the world every week. How do you have a fear around this? Well, the answer is very simple. I don't share everything. <laughs> There's a lot of my life you've never heard of and never will because that's not what this show is about. It's not here to be the Jeff Sanders personal hour. What this is, is a chance for me to provide value for you. And if some of that means sharing part of my life, that's great. I'm, I'm happy to do so. But when it comes to like my personal deep-seated issues, you know, I've got plenty of those. Talking to other people about those issues, sharing in a vulnerable way with other people, that takes a lot. I'm pretty good at holding secrets. I'm pretty good at facing things alone. Um, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show that this was, you know, kind of the American value of self-responsibility and self-determination and autonomy. Like I grew up in that world where that was very much instilled in me at a young age, which you've heard on the show for a long time. But on top of that, I also grew up in a, in a close-knit group of friends and family, lots of people that I trusted, very loving relationships with many people you know, that sp spanned across many different families and groups, and it, I shared a lot of my life with others in a lot of ways growing up. But as an adult, I live in a different city, in a different state, I have different relationships, I have a different, an entire different life than I had back then. And so for me today to share who I am with others, that takes a lot more work, a lot more trust, a lot more time. You may be in the same boat. You may have a, a difficult time like I do, or maybe you just are an oversharer and do the exact opposite and tell everyone your feelings all the time. But the real key to this is, is to, first of all, know which one you are, but more importantly than that is to acknowledge, here's the thing that I'm having a problem with, here's the struggle, here's the fear, here's the challenge, and then find someone you trust to discuss that with. Someone who is potentially more well-versed in that subject than you are, or maybe not though, maybe it's just someone to listen. Oftentimes, we just need to say these things out loud, and that's all we need. I know that's the case with me and my wife, Tessa, is that most often, the thing that I'm working through, she's not. Like we're in different places when it comes to many different topics. And so for me, it's not about trying to get her to admit her fears to me so we can be on the same page. It's, it's the opposite. I just need to say these things out loud to someone else. And then when I do, there's an immediate sense of relief, an immediate sense of progress that's been made, emotional progress, baggage being lifted, the weight off of my shoulders because I said something. 
I told someone. I admitted these things out loud. And then they become real. And when these things become real because you've said them and someone else has heard them, all of a sudden you're on the path to progress. You're on the path to completion of whatever this thing is because you've started that, that train. It's, it's moving now. You're going somewhere. And the sharing of this information with somebody else is oftentimes the best way to kickstart this process. If you know having dedicated guaranteed time in your calendar you know, looks nice on paper, but when it comes time to take action, you don't, you still don't do it. Oftentimes that's because of a lack of accountability or accountability from another person because you just need to open your mouth and tell them. And then all of a sudden these things become much easier to work through. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Step number five is to change something significant. Now, fear really festers with stagnation. The longer that you avoid something, the longer that you hide it, the longer that it's shoved into a closet and the door is locked, the longer it's going to take to unpack it in a safe, healthy, and productive manner. If the fear is left to stagnate, if it's left alone and intentionally tried to be blocked away for too long, you've stuffed it away. When that thing comes to fruition later on in life, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. And so what I'm arguing here is that you change something significant in direct alignment to opening that closet door, to letting that fear out. Movement, change, evolution, growth and in a constant way will help to ease a lot of this because you're kind of picking away at it one day at a time, a little bit here and there. This is actually a really strong argument for daily exercise in a physical movement sense. One of the ways that I've been able to address a lot of my own baggage or issues or whatever you want to call them has come from just physically exerting myself. And when I have the chance to you know, hit a punching bag or lift a weight or run on the trail, I have the chance to let a lot of that stuff go. And a lot of these things that I've been quote unquote afraid of really was just a small mental block I just needed to release and then move forward more freely. And so the change, the significant change in this case, would just be movement itself. Allowing yourself to get out and experience life in a more physically exerting type of way. 
when you break out of your comfort zone, physically, emotionally, whatever way that is, breaking out of that routine to do something different, to change in that way, that could be enough to release some of that pent-up fear, anger, emotion, whatever the thing is. Change is effective. Movement is effective. Doing something about the issue, that's what this is all about. It's not going to sit in a closet. It's not going to be buried away, not going to be avoided. It's going to be addressed. There's going to be movement. There's going to be breathing. There's going to be sweaty, and there's going to be something to say, okay, I'm alive. This is happening. Let's go. That's what we're trying to achieve. Step number six, reframe the conversation. One of the absolute best ways to address fear, besides just to state it out loud and to tell someone else and write it down, is to go through a series of questions. Questions that help you reframe what the fear actually is to discover, in all reality, what you're actually afraid of. Because most of the time, the thing that you say you have a fear about, the thing that you are concerned about, the thing that you can forecast your life ahead years from now and say, well, if I don't make a change, this awful thing is going to happen. When you reframe the conversation and ask very specific questions, you might determine that your fear is misplaced or non-existent. So one of the things I like to ask is, well, what is the worst case scenario? And how likely is that thing to occur? On almost every instance of my life where I've asked the question, what is the worst case scenario? I can tell you what it is. I know the awful things that could happen. I know how bad things can get. And I can tell you easily what that would look like. But that second part of, well, how likely is that really? The answer is zero. Worst case scenarios just don't happen. Not really. Not often. And definitely not as often as we think they're going to happen or think they could happen. Yes, bad things in life happen. I'm not denying that. But for the things that we're walking around with every day, the fears that we carry with us every day, those things are not going to become worst case scenarios. Come on. No, that's not the case. The likelihood of that happening is just very, very minute. So then you take it to the next step. Well, now, what can I do about that? Knowing full well that the worst case scenario is not really going to happen, well, then I can kind of relax a little bit. So I can lower my shoulders a little bit. Okay, so that really bad thing is not going to happen. All right, well, what's the next thing I can do? How can I make sure that, you know, the next worst thing isn't going to happen? Are there small steps I can take today to begin to move in that direction, to whittle away at this issue? Or potentially just to take it head on right now. Let's go. Let's jump out of an airplane right now. If that's what's going to happen to say, okay, I'm in, I get it, let's go. Sometimes that's all it takes to then just sign up, get to it, make it happen. Reframing the conversation is really more about how you think about what this thing is. It's not actually changing what the fear is. It's changing how you think about the fear. It's how you think about yourself and how you want to interact in the world around you. You have a choice every day to be positive, to be negative, to be an opportunist, to be another ist. There's a lot of ists in the world, but you have a choice of all the ists that exist. You have a choice of which one you want to be. I tend to opt towards the positive nature of life because I want to believe in opportunity and possibility and good things happening. I don't want to believe in worst case scenarios all day. That sounds pretty exhausting and pretty depressing. 
So from my perspective, when I'm going to reframe a fear, I want to reframe it in a way that fits into my worldview, that fits into the way that is positive, productive, helpful, forward moving. Like that's where I want to live and exist and operate every day. So if I'm being bogged down by something, one of the very first things that I do is I make a list. I just sit down and start brainstorming. I reframe the conversation saying, okay, if this thing's bothering me, what can I do about it now? How many steps can I take? What are all the options available? And the shocking thing is there are lots of opportunities, lots of things we can all do to address lots of issues. But if you're sitting there just letting the thing fester without that productive conversation to ask the question, what can I do about it? Well, then the problem is still a problem. It hasn't been addressed. It's just sitting there being evil and angry and mad at you. Instead of all of that, go address it. Write some things down. Don't do anything else. Just write down what could you do? How would you address this if issue if you could? You know, if it were possible to have the best case scenario, what would that look like? Right? Flip it around. What if the best scenario took place? And how could I make that more likely? Now, all of a sudden, the fear is an opportunity. All of a sudden, now, it's a challenge to move forward in a progressive, positive, and amazing way. It's no longer this negative force in your life, the devil on your shoulder, so to speak. It's now something truly remarkable. Finally, number seven, recommit every single day until that fear is behind you. One of the things about fears that I know to be true is that they're not as simple as I've made them out to be in this episode. <laughs> they're more complicated than that. I know that firsthand. Some of these things, sure, you could solve the problem in 20 minutes, but other fears are way more complex than that, and they're going to require a daily commitment. I would argue the fears that are worth being afraid of, <laughs> the big ones that are actually worth your time to, to get all, all excited about, that those things will require a daily decision to move forward, a daily decision to recommit, a daily decision to stick to something until it's actually gone, that it's in the rearview mirror, that it literally is years behind you. A lot of things are challenging. So the question is going to be, what can you do today, tomorrow, the next day to address these things? Now, I would argue, I'm just the founder of the 5 a.m. miracle, that a 5 a.m. miracle is a great solution that you could commit every single morning routine to saying every single morning for 15 minutes, you're going to think about and work on that thing that's bugging you. I don't know what your thing is. I know I have a lot of things, so maybe you can take these things one thing at a time, but take the chance to address these things every day. Not forever, not for 10 hours a day, but 15 minutes. A small amount of time to think about something and address it. And then the plans will be revealed to you, essentially, through your own brainstorming, through your own work. You will have a path forward. You will know what to do next because you've put in the work that's going to lead you down that path. So start tomorrow morning. Start today, in fact. You can start right now. You can pause the episode, even though we're almost finished. You can pause right now and go ahead and take care of that. Because why not? Today's the day. And you know what? You have the power to change your life. So get to it. <laughs> and for that action step this week, lean in. 
know, fear is crippling, but you have more courage than you realize. You are more resilient than you give yourself credit for. Fear is not the end. It is the beginning. So lean in and go. JeffSanders.com slash 406 is the place to go to get the episode notes. And of course, if you want to go to 5AMMiracle.com, you can join the 5AM club, get some free gifts and some email updates about the show. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5AM Miracle podcast this week. Here it is. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.